Jerry Smith has been around Bowie's Creek since the late 1950s and still is a fixture at Fighting Camel Games and in the community. Student, coach, basketball announcer, he's done it all. Smith graduated from Campbell in the mid-1960s and embarked on a decades-long journey in the education and coaching fields, both at his alma mater and in the North Carolina public schools. After retiring, he moved back to Bowie's Creek, where you can find him around Keith Hill's golf course and at most Campbell football and basketball games. My name is Stan Cole, class of 1987, and this is our fourth installment of Tales from the Creek, where we visit people who have made this place special over the years. I'm delighted today to be joined by Coach Jerry Smith. Welcome to Tales from the Creek, Coach. Yes, Thank sir. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for taking the time to visit with us. Coach, let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about your childhood and your upbringing and uh, where did you grow up and how <laughs> did you spend your days? Okay. I, uh, I was born in 42, 1942. I had an older brother, 16 months older than I am, and we had a, we had a, a younger brother later on, but uh, my daddy was a farmer to start with. Uh, and my mom and me and my older brother and my mom and daddy were there at the farm. Then the third boy came along, my younger brother, the baby. And uh, after that, I think my daddy decided he needed to make more money, so he started driving a trailway bus. And he did for the next 30 years. Wow. Now, this was in Greene County, if Green I'm County. correct? Mm -hmm. Right. How did you um, spend your days growing up? So the farm was right there on 264. So that's where we grew up, a little town called Wastenburg. Certainly. And that's... Uh, it's a great place, a great place. We, in fact, me and my family moved back there after a while from, from Washington. We were down in Washington. Great place to live, uh, very good people, uh, well-established churches, and yeah, it's just a good place to be. So I actually went back. To, I actually went back to Greene County when I went to Greene Central High School as a principal. And that's something how <laughs> the circle, circle All the way around. is completed. A lot of good people. So you grew up, I assume, doing some farm work and. Uh, Playing whatever sport was in season, was well, that your? I, I wasn't good enough to play to start with. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, I. Uh, sports were a big thing at our house, and uh, you know, back before integration started, the the, the the teams weren't quite as good as they are now. <laughs> we uh, we had the best basketball goal in the in the area, so all the boys gathered on Saturday and Sunday. We played basketball all day long, but it was a lot of fun. And then you know, when I went to high school, I played high school ball. But not to start with, because when I was a freshman, I wasn't before foot eleven. <laughs> but but as, I, as it went along, I grew seven inches in one summer, and from wow. then on in, we played basketball. You shared with me you uh, attended the Campbell Basketball School um, as a as a camper. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about those those days and uh, in the late 1950s. It, it was something. It, it, the, the basketball camp just had something nothing else had. It attracted me and it pulled me down this way, and I saw things I'd never seen before, and I saw people I'd never seen before, and some of those people were very important people, <laughs> and you know, and, and you get to learn. I came back every year, and you know, I got to a place that uh, Hoggy Davis knew me, and, and Fred knew me, and different ones. They speak to call your name. That that says a lot. And uh, when I uh, got ready to graduate, I, I wasn't a real good student, and. Uh, I called down here to see if I could get in, and they said, well, I don't know, you better come down and take some tests. So I came down, and uh, Colonel Turrell, 
I don't know where you remember, he was the head of the recruiting down there. He said, i tell you what we're going to do. After what we've seen here and heard you talk, we're going to let you in on probation. I said, okay, let's go. I never missed a beat. Graduated in four years. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. You shared with me that a very important um, moment in your life happened early on at Campbell. Um, I believe when you met your wife, Linda. <laughs> yes, uh, she was. Uh, very important. Will you share that story with our listeners? Well, you know how it, everybody won't eat lunch at five, I mean, supper at five o'clock. And the girls flooded from that side and the boys flooded from that side. It seemed like she and I always ended up close together. And it, it led on from there. We started dating a little bit and then finally ended up getting married and got three kids and rock and rolling. It's, it's amazing. I, I can't complain, uh, you know, some things I don't like, but I did some things I didn't like, but basically it's been a good life. Awesome. Who were some of the people um, that you came across um, during your days at Campbell that made a difference in your life? Well, I always liked the coaches. Now, Fred, Fred didn't know my name. He called me Smitty all the time. He, and he's always full of joke, jokes and stuff. And that's good because it kind of relieves the pressure. Hoggy Davis, I would say, was one of, one of my favorites. And, and his wife, you know, he, they lived in that apartment behind Leighton Dorm. Well, Leighton Dorm's where I stayed. And it, it, that relationship was really good because I could talk to him or her and what have you. And I looked right down out my window. There's their, their apartment sitting there. That and uh, it just everybody just seemed to be uh, – Colonel Turtle was another one. Everybody just seemed to be loose, looser than they are now. Uh, everything was important, but not as important as it seems to be now. Everybody wants to panic. But it was good. Uh, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I, I, I eventually got a loan – you know, one of those government loans, and um, they said, "Well, if you if you you made the grade your first semester, you can stay the second semester." And, well, I never missed a grade, and they, they were short, <laughs> they were closed. But <laughs> I got a chance, I got a chance to graduate in the second four year class, which is wonderful, and a lot of good people. A lot of good people. Coach, um, anybody on campus or anybody here that helped you uh you know how did you decide to go into the education field education coaching field well i think my high school coaches were the biggest influence mm -hmm. i noticed what they did and how they did it uh one of them was atlantic christian man one of them was east carolina man but that to me what they had to do uh to motivate and that's that's attractive stuff plus you know you, you get get around ball we were ball crazy coming up Mm -hmm. Get around ball and speak ball and talk ball and 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 then the coach from uh, one of our coaches took us to Atlantic Christian where he played. We went to several ball games then. Mm -hmm. That was great. Went to East Carolina a couple of times. Those kind influence you when you see those kids out there playing those games. I never was that good. I wasn't that bad, but I wasn't that good because I wasn't big enough. But uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. What are what are the ways were you involved outside of the classroom during your uh, undergraduate days here at Campbell, Coach? Well, I was uh, somewhat the intramural director on Ron <laughs> Hyatt. Okay. <laughs> and and I, you know, I refereed 10,000 ball games. And basically, I was Ron Hyatt's uh, runner and gunner and whatever. But he, he was a good man. He, he did a good things for me. Uh, I never heard of intramural before I got down here. He, he came in, but... It was a set-up program, and I sort of had to, the job of getting up, getting somebody to help referee and get somebody to help do this. Or if we're playing baseball or softball, we had to line the field or whatever. 
they taught me that uh, if you want to do this, you got to work. And it was good. It's good. I've done it the rest of my life, so it <laughs> can't be too bad. It's, you know, I look back at, you know, I was in the school system 40 years and didn't miss a beat. That's amazing. But it was fun. It was fun. Coach, tell us about your career path after graduating from Campbell. What was your first job? I did my student teaching at Dunn High School under Whit Bradham. I did, I did my student teaching, and when I got ready to finish student teaching, he said, uh, we might have a job for you if you want to come. I said, I'll come right now if you want me to. <laughs> so I ended up at Dunn High School, and it was great. Uh, we had Bradham, Glenn Varney, those guys have been there a while. The football was very strong. And of course, I was a basketball person, and that, that wasn't very strong. But when, when I put together the first JV team, they started winning ball games, and that changed a lot of stuff. And, it was a great place, great town. I, th I think a lot of the people there now are still people I know, and that was good. Tell us about how you um, moved on to Bertie and um, those early days of integration of North Carolina public schools, Coach. Where's Bertie? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question I always go, where's Bertie? Uh, I don't know how I ended up there, but anyhow uh, – I got in touch with them. They were looking for somebody to coach and teach and so forth. I got up with them, went down and interviewed and all, and the next thing I know, they called me back wondering if I wanted to teach and coach there. I said, well, I was certain I'd like to. So I ended up with a job of, of teaching, coaching JV basketball to start with and JV baseball to start with and JV football to start with. So it was, it was a full job. But the town and all was, was you know, so closely united how those little towns used to be. And I think that made me uh, a lot stronger, knowing I had back. And, and we were very successful. I mean, we did, did real well. And, uh, that's why I went back there some years later. But it is it's a great place, very rural. The worst thing about my, my years there afterwards is when integration came along, uh, all of a sudden they decided to integrate all the schools. Well, th that is that is like the fourth largest county in the state of North Carolina. Very rural. And so when they did that, the integration piece really hit hard. And, and all of a sudden, all the schools closed, all the high schools were closed except Bertie. Well, the school at Mary, Mary Hill, which should be a high school, private school. Lewiston, private school. Orlando, private school. So, so all the private schools jumped up, and our, our outlook was a different world. But some of the best kids you ever meet. I mean, it wasn't a problem. It wasn't a riot. It wasn't anything. They worked hard. They played hard. They were good kids because of ruralness, I guess. I don't know. It was something. Coach, how did you all navigate those days? Um, you know, I know there was, there was a lot of uh, – I wore out a lot of miles on carrying people home after practice and stuff like that. But – it, uh, you know, we had kids live 25 miles away from school. Mm -hmm. You go to the bridge at Edenton and measure back to the school, you're going to get 30 miles. If you go to Hosky and measure back to school, you're about 26, 27 miles. You go to Williamson, you get about 19 or 20 miles from the school. Fourth biggest county in the state of North Carolina. That's, that's, you know, it's amazing. But if you want to do something, and we did, I mean, I had kids come in and practice basketball at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> Slept the rest of the day, but they came in. 
But it, it was, uh, they would do, as long as you were honest and true to them, they're going to be honest and true back to you. Had some great kids, great kids. Coach, you mentioned that, um, you know, in those days, the early days of integration, um, not having any problems, um, not having any uh, uh, anything to overcome necessarily. Why, why do you think that was? I, I think, well, I don't know. I think the truth is, the truth is giving them the truth. And if you prove that you give them the truth, and there's always some knuckleheads and all you got to deal with, but there's no riots, no mess like that. It, uh, you know, we turn to be 70% minority at the high school. But you, you missed the other element. But these kids did everything I asked them to do, or we asked them to do, and uh, a lot of them graduated with honors and so forth. It was good. It was good. Uh, it was tough, but it was good. Now, you coached the state championship team there. Tell us, tell us about that that ride, and um, and <laughs> how did you how did you mold a team into a state champion, coach? They were good players to start with. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it as we start when we started the first year off, I could see we had some talent. We just kept working and working and working and working, and the JV teams got so good. They were very good, and that helped a lot also. But uh, the biggest thing is they were good kids. They lived out in the country. They didn't. They won't end up hanging around a building somewhere, smoking pot or whatever. When they got home, they got home. They wanted where else to go. And uh, I think when they came in to me knowing that uh, I really cared and I was going to take care of them as long as they behaved themselves, I think it made a lot of difference, a lot of difference. And, and our, our principal was a lot the same. I mean, we 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 on the same team. And the teachers, um, we, we never had a ride in the school. We never had anything like that. It's, we just went along and tried to teach and educate. And I tell you what, we had some good athletes. And uh, they, they turned out well. You've shared with me about, especially about one um, very special athlete that you coached against. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, you coming across uh, playing against and coaching against uh, Phil Ford during his days at Rocky Mount High School. He, he won't bad. He's going to get his 30 any way you did it. <laughs> How you did it, he's still going to get his 30. So we did him best we could, but we made sure the other ones didn't do a whole lot. Uh, I don't know if we ever beat them, but we we gave him some fits. And uh, and he was, he was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. But, but we guarded him as hard as we could, and I had kids that tried to stay with him and all, but he was, he was just so strong, and, you know, he couldn't jump by that high. He'd jump up and he'd shoot that shot. But that was a real challenge, and uh, we gave him games. We didn't beat him, but we gave him games. And the rest of that league was tough, too. Elizabeth City had good ball players, uh, you know, but uh, it's how you approach it. I ain't scared of nobody. We're going we gonna to tackle everybody the same way if we get beat. It, it's – just got to work harder. And uh, I tell you, watching him play was something else. I, I get to watching him myself, forget the coach. <laughs> it was phenomenal, phenomenal. Coach, I, I guess it was around 1980, you re decided to uh, return to Campbell as golf coach and assistant basketball coach. What what were some of the move, the reasons that you decided to move back into the college ranks? High school about wore me out. I mean, you got to do so much for so many. And, and then the, 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 the league we were in was Elizabeth City and all over the eastern part of North Carolina, that wore you out. And, uh, you know, you, you, you don't have any real backing. You don't have a group that's going to meet you at the drugstore Monday morning, and, you know, and eat and what have you. 
because of the because of the makeup of uh, your clientele. I mean, you're sitting there looking at your 85 percent minority. You don't you don't work it with them and them. but it was it was uh, I don't know it was unusual. I don't know where I was unusual or not, mm-hmm. but it was unusual. Mm-hmm. And the kids the kids really uh, did well. They they enjoyed it because somebody cared, and I think that's the key to all of it. And uh, the parents got in there and got involved. And uh, when we had we when we played the state tournament championship game, the uh, the superintendent of schools, he got on there and he announced, he said, I'm closing all the schools down at 10 o'clock so you get to Chapel Hill and watch the baseball game. That, that's unusual, too. See? So, so it, the good bought on good. And it uh, and it had a big private school sitting right there in the town of Windsor, a big private school down at Plymouth, big big private school over in the uh, western part of the county. But those people just came to all our ball games too. It was, they were something to watch. They were these kids were good. What was the adjustment like going from high school um, back to college and and coaching golf in ad- in addition to assisting Danny Roberts with the basketball team coach? Well, coaching the golf, uh, I I just I don't care what you coach. Number one, you got to be into it. Number two, you got to work harder than anybody else can work. And number three, when you fail, you change your tune and keep going again. And that, that's sort of the way I approached it. After serving as assistant coach for a couple of years uh, with Danny, you were named head basketball coach at Campbell in 1983. Tell us about that process. And um, in, when you graduated from Campbell nearly 20 years earlier, did you ever think that you were going to come back here and, and be, serve as head basketball coach? <laughs> I did not, but I was, I was proud to do it. And I had the best, the best teacher in the world on my bench, Press Maravich. And Press really, I, I would say Press really loved me. And he was going to make sure we did everything we could and not to fail. And without him, I don't know what I'd done, but he was so good about uh, Now, he didn't ever step in front of me. He's always behind me and telling me, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that. And he was so good. And I think that was a key to us uh, doing as well as we did in that time. Had some pretty decent players too, but he he uh, Press really liked me, and I liked him a lot too. But uh, he lived in that little old string of apartments down there, and mm-hmm. uh, he he was he was amazing, and and people don't realize how good he was. Coach, how how long um, how far back had your relationship with Coach Maravich gone? I'm I'm figuring that like many high school coaches, you probably came back here and worked the camp in the summertime. And, yeah, uh, I, I, and I when did you when do you recall meeting Press for the first time? Because he was a fixture at camp. When I came, the, when I came as a as a student, mm-hmm. I've got I got a picture somewhere in that board of, of the some of the practices and all going during the camp. He's standing over. There. Not only that, me and Pistol Peep. Went over to Bush Creek Gym every day at lunch and played basketball. Of course, he beat my brains out, but he made it still. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that too. Now that was great, and he was a good guy. He he was arrogant, but he was a good guy. If you, you got that, but yeah, we go over there and shoot one on ones, and he wear me out. But I ain't care. I was enjoying. It. Press had coached at the highest levels of um, college basketball and uh, Clemson, NC State, LSU, and co- where he coached his his son. Um, what did he bring to your staff and, and to the, the staff here at Campbell? Well, to my staff, he was the number one man, and I gave him some responsibilities, and I didn't take him away from him. When he was, he, when he was playing for those uh, coaching with, was it Wendell? Mm-hmm. 
he didn't seem to get much feedback. I mean, he he would make a suggestion. It was it was kind of perplexing to him. And he wouldn't. But now when he when he spoke, I listened, and then you know, I let him know that, hey, we need to substitute. You call it. If we need to do this, you call it. But let me know what you're doing. Don't keep me in the dark. But he was one of the best guys I ever met in my life. He really was. One of your assistants was a lifelong, lifelong basketball guy, Press Maravich. Another one was a guy just starting out on his coaching career that you'd also coached as, uh, as, as an assistant and one of the best players in the early D Division I days in Ron Curtis. Tell us, tell us about Coach Curtis. I remember him as someone that the players all loved. Well, he's, he was uh, like this table here. He's a level all the way. There was no ups and no downs. He was a level. And he would work his tail off for you if he – if he knew he was doing the right thing. And he never, he never did the wrong thing much. And good recruiter uh, for what we had to do. I mean, we couldn't go to New York every day and recruit. We, but around here, at least people knew us. And uh, he he was just so calm until he got on the floor and started playing with you. you know, he, he'd wear you out. But he was so calm. He was, he was just a good person, great person. Coach, you um... – these early days before the Big South Conference forms, uh, Campbell competing in, in its uh, Division One independent, and that that bus and those airplanes took you all over the United States. What are some of the far-flung places <laughs> you remember traveling to to, oh, to play basketball? We were in Texas. We were in uh, Michigan. We were in. Uh, we didn't get to California, uh, but we we were over across the Mississippi a bunch of times and. Uh, up in upper upper New York, uh, I just think that 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 was a that was a mistake on somebody's part trying to get a a real big schedule. You got to have something in there you can handle. Sometimes you got to you got to win a game every once in a while. But it, it was it was good. Uh, you know, Western Carolina and High Point and all those guys. When you played them, it was somewhat on the same level. Somewhat. We had a pretty decent little ball club, but when you step in that next level, then that, that's another world. You have any uh, road trip stories to share, Coach, or any anything that sticks out in, 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 your, in your memory? Well, we had a stupid bus driver. I don't remember his name, but <laughs> we were coming home from Richmond one night, and we well, it was a little town just across the border. And the truck, the bus broke down, and that was the beatingest thing you ever seen in your life. And he he couldn't drive to start with. But things like that, you you remember, because we sit there in that little town for about four hours waiting somebody to come help us out. But things like that, and uh, you know, it it to me that was the education and all of it for them and me too. To, I enjoyed I enjoyed going to Greensboro and I enjoyed going to, to Western Carolina and all, but I didn't enjoy getting my tail beat. But I enjoyed going and. You know, I didn't. I didn't go up there and tie them down, put them in the room, and told them to stay there. We would actually get out and walk the street a little bit, and people people would see us. And they enjoyed that. And uh, I don't know. I just uh, I come from nothing, and uh, it made a lot of difference. You saw a big building. <laughs> Absolutely, Coach. What was what was one of your recruiting pitches to get um, uh, uh, ask a player to take a leap of faith on a on a team that's um, and a Division One independent in a small, um, a small market, as they like to say now. Well, first of all, I found out who around here would be a pretty good prospect, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, every once in a while you may sneak up on one. And we had some pretty good North Carolina kids, 
I didn't make any promises. I just, I talked to them just like, hey, here's the way it is. And I'm telling you, we got to have some help. If you want to help us, fine. Uh, we'd love to have you. But don't don't keep me hanging now because I don't have time for that. And I had some good kids come in. Uh, Larry Kennedy came in that time, and, oh, gosh, I reckon. Andre McGee from oh, uh, Wallace Rose Hill area. Yes, sir. Some good people. Coach, since 2008, Campbell fans have enjoyed the comfort and luxury of a home court like Gore Arena over here at the Pope Convocation Center. In your time, Campbell played, air quotes, home games at the Raleigh Civic Center, <laughs> Cumberland County uh, Memorial Arena in Fayetteville. What were the challenges, really, logistically and otherwise, of, of having to get on the bus? The biggest, the biggest thing I saw was you didn't get a chance to practice in those places like you need to practice. You got to have a feeling for it, and we didn't get to practice them. Very seldom ever got to practice, practice in Fayetteville, and very seldom we got to practice in Raleigh once in a while. But uh, it's like it's like another road trip. That's pretty much what it's like. Another road trip. You got to get all your mess together, get your stuff together. But I tell you what, now I had good help. Uh, Jerry Jerry Milton, out here, he was my gopher, and his his aunt was my secretary, Lotus Golden, mm -hmm. and he, he he made sure everything got there, made sure she got there, and so forth. So that that's a load off your mind right there. And I had a good bus driver, and, and everything went uh, fairly well. Except lost a lot of ball games. <laughs> Coach, you, you run, run down the list of some of the teams you played against. Uh, NC State uh, coming off a national championship. Clemson with a bunch of NBA players on that team. Houston one year removed from the five slamma jamma. SMU. Uh, Navy had this young guy named David Robinson who turned out to be a pretty good, uh, pretty good player. Yeah. Um, how did you prepare your players to compete in games like that? I, I don't I – don't, uh... I did not spend a lot of time on one kid. I spent a lot of time on the other four, and we got it. We, and I, I think the kids uh, realize that it's got to be it's got to be five of us playing all of them, and one kid's not going to beat us if we can help it. And if he does, he, you know, he may score forty points. But it's just one of those things. We just work so hard on defense. First of all, we got to get the ball down the floor. Mm -hmm. And if you aggravate that enough, and they get down, they got six seconds, then you've just rushed the clock. You know, it, it, it's a game. It is a game. But, yeah, we had some pretty good kids. And defense was uh, – I don't know what our average was, but we, we aggravated some people when, when we played them. Uh, Coach, while you are on the Campbell staff, you served as director of the Campbell Basketball School, which was still bringing in thousands of young people to campus in the 1980s. The list of basketball coaching and playing legends to work that camp is incredible. You've, you've <laughs> spoken about – Press and Pete, what are some of the other ones that you remember um, coming through the doors? And, and What's the boy Guilford College so long? He was a good one. High point. Uh, Jerry Steele. Jerry Steele, he is so good. Uh, these, I think the more you get out of a, the, the, the closer colleges, the better off you're getting. Now, you may have to bring in a star, too, from somewhere. And if, if, you've, if you're friendly enough and they know what you're talking about, they just soon come and look at this, the, the talent here. Maybe a talented kid playing. I don't know. But uh, I, that was a tough, that was a tough deal. But we we managed to, uh, you know, it, it's uh, East Carolina didn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, you know, they they didn't have any coaches over here. Some of the local, very local schools. But you go down up, 
say, to Eastern North Carolina, or you go down to South Carolina and places like that, you, people they still know who you are. It makes a difference. You go down the list. Um, you know, everyone mentions Coach Wooden, John Wooden from UCLA and and Press. But then you start looking at the the ACC coaches who gave their time to come here. Carl Tacey was at Wake Forest for years. Terry Holland for Virginia. Uh, Lefty Drizelle from Maryland came through here, and a lot of them brought their players with them, like John Lucas, uh, All American, and at Maryland, and from Ralph Sampson from uh, from Virginia. Um, how how was it, um, you know, being part of something that was so big here in this little community? Um, you know, did y'all think about that at the time, or were you just trying to get through to get to Friday? I didn't think about it because everybody was so good to me. You know, they knew I was the first first shot, and they were they were good. It, it, it's it's a like a fraternity, so to speak, and uh, it, that was a lot of fun. Coach the basketball floor at Clayton High School bears your name. What does having that honor uh, mean to you? I just think it's uh, not anything I did. It's, it's I guess it's things I didn't do. <laughs> but it, that was a great – I had a lot of say-so in what took place. The slide-out slide out stage underneath – you ever seen that? The slide-out stage, that was a really a good piece because you didn't have anywhere to meet. With that, uh, but it was such a – I don't know. It's such a great place. It's uh, I don't know what it looks like now, but it was it was a great building at that time. Very very good, and the, the people liked it. They they latched onto it. But you get you always got them uh, them downers running their mouth. But I don't pay attention to them. Wouldn't we all be a little bit better off if we didn't pay attention to to those? <laughs> well, kind my of philosophy: folks. get good or get gone. That's, yeah. that's all I need. <laughs> Coach, many people around here know that you're an outstanding golfer. Uh, tell us about when did you start playing? I, I started playing probably when I was a – as far as playing, I didn't start playing until I got to college. And I haven't played, I haven't played none now in about three months. My back won't let me. i got a bad back and can't play. But, uh, yeah, I just, I just worked so hard at it. I ain't going to let nothing beat me. I worked so hard at it. I'd go out there and hit a 100 balls for practice every day. And uh, when you get a chance to coach golf, you see good golfers all along there, and that, makes it, that helps too. And you're all around it all your time. So I just did, I did it as, as a fun thing, and it turned out to be pretty good. What do you, what do you like most about the game, Coach, so, of golf? It's me against that ground. It ain't me against that person. It's me against that ground. Although I like to beat them people, but it's all about can I make it to that green in two and make a putt maybe, you know. It's amazing. Your son, Bill, um, was and still is an outstanding golfer. How how did he become interested in the game? Everywhere I went, he was there every day. We'd go after school. After school, he'd hit it, hit it, and hit it. It was a little tight. We lived in Smithfield. He'd come over, and I had a net, and all said, let's hit some balls, Papa. Okay, let's go. How many are you going to hit? All of them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but he, he is still a fine golfer. But now the golfer in the family is Brett. I'll tell you what, he can play. <laughs> coach, you've got a um, – you have an, an interesting perspective being a coach and a parent of an athlete and a grandparent of an athlete, college athletes. Um, 
how did um how did you separate those two or when when bill was playing at uh, at university of north carolina or was there emotionally or or anything like that i got him there so i, I kind of backed off let, let the rest of them take the place but bill didn't bill bill's so smart he knew what to do he he's extremely smart and brett uh He's okay. He's okay, but he's extremely talented. He's got. He has got talent up yin yang. He's, but now he's built a bought a house, got married, bought a house, and and he's still trying to play golf. Well, and Brett's story is so interesting as well. Offered a baseball scholarship, and then he has arm problems. Uh, decides to walk on here at, at Campbell and earns a scholarship and represents the university in three NCAA regionals. I mean, can you ever? Uh, you ever dream that that something like that would happen in in uh, in this day and age? That's a, that's an indication of how good he was. That's that's that tells the whole story right there. He was a good. He could do anything now. He was a heck of a basketball player, mm -hmm. and he could, he could play anything. But uh, I don't see him much anymore since he. He got married and bought that house, and all. <laughs> but that's okay. Well, he's got adult things to do now, yeah. right? right. He passes right by my house every day, so <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but, but yeah, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. We mentioned you—you you have a unique perspective as a, a parent of a student athlete, grandparent of a student athlete, uh, a veteran of coaching on the highest level in college athletics. Um, what kind of advice would you give parents of? kids from the recreational level to the kids who are going to move on and, and aspire to play at the, at the highest level? I think as a parent, number one is make sure they're in the right place. Make sure if they're going to be baseball players, make sure they're in the right area to play good baseball. You don't want to put them out there where they're going to lose every single game for the next 10 years. I think selection, if you're going to do that, is where you live and try to find out what's the best, what's the best for them, and what do they want to do. They want, Brett played every every sport there was, and he was pretty good at everything. And uh, he, the baseball was just was his thing. And uh, I think you, you got to put them in the right place. Then you got to spend a lot of time with them. You can't just walk off and say, you go hit the ball. And I mean, you got to spend time with them, and that's that's a key too. Uh, he he uh, used to stay with me all the time. Every weekend, Saturday morning, he's there. And he he ready to go, and uh, we it's like I was tell you about hitting golf balls. Papa, let's go hit some golf balls, okay? How many you want to hit? All of them, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he he's 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 a good kid. Coach, what are some of your favorite golf tips you've learned all, along the way? You got a couple, three good ones you like to share? <laughs> well, the best thing is don't get mad with it. I mean, that don't do any good. I don't get mad very often. I've played a lot of golf, and I can't play right now because of my back. I haven't played none in three or four months. But I can go out and chip and put. It's it's being out there. Now, i got a dog that loves to chase squirrels. And you get out there with her, she's chasing squirrels, you're having a good time. and she, It's just uh, now it's more relaxation than it is golf. But the competitiveness of it, if, you, if, you're, playing in the, if you're playing in the level you should be playing in, you can compete. And if I if I jumped over and started playing in PGA boys, I wouldn't be able to compete. But the next level down, I probably could compete. I mean, you you carry one or two handicap, you're a pretty decent player. Absolutely. So I I enjoyed it. I miss it. I go out right now this afternoon, hit 50 balls, and my back hurts so bad I can't hardly move. But I still do it. <laughs> 
Coach, after you retired from teaching, uh, what are some of the reasons that uh, brought you back to Bowie's Creek, you and Linda? Great place to live. Great place to live. And so we, we, uh, the college atmosphere is here, but it's not so far out there that it overwhelms you. But it's here. The things are going on here. If you want to get involved, fine, you can. If you want to go see a play, you can. But then, too, you're 30 minutes from Raleigh. You're 30 minutes from uh, Smithfield. You're 15, 20 minutes from Dunn. So there's so much here to be able to get to. And uh, you jump on 95, and I can be at where I used to live, home, an hour. So it, it's, uh, it's such a great location to be in. And, and then the people. It's so good. They're so good. Well, for a number of years, you were helping out Chris Haymeyer as a, a color analyst uh, for the Campbell basketball uh, team uh, here a few years ago. Uh, the game has changed so much in the last 30 years, oh, yeah. um, mm -hmm. uh, especially the three-point line. Uh, what Had that been available during your coaching days, how would that have changed uh, your philosophy? I had some kids who could shoot them, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> If they'd have fired one up back then, I'd have, I'd have took him out of the game right there. <laughs> well, you don't shoot that ball way out there and not making it. <laughs> no, it, 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 that game has changed so much too. But I like to I like to play defense in basketball. I take care of a lot of problems. And uh, if I was coaching right now, the first thing to work on would be defense, 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 defense. And that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. <laughs> Coach, I know you as someone who likes to stay busy. What are, you know, obviously, you like to go chip and putt. Uh, what, what are some things you like to do and spend your time uh, doing these days? Morning, spend all morning in the yard. <laughs> and my dog, she loves any, anywhere I am, that's where she's going to be. And she loves to ride in that golf cart. She loves to run behind it. So we, we, we stay busy piddling. Well, if you've seen Coach Smith around the area, you, you, you do see uh, Josie, his, uh, his terrier. Um, <laughs> Coach, I, I want you to give us some of your best dog training tips because that dog will listen to you. How, how do you get a dog to listen to you? Get a smart dog. <laughs> <laughs> she, a lot of times she tells me what she's going to do. But she's like a woman. But she is, she is a, she's one of the best I've ever had, and I've had some good dogs. But she is one of the best. One of the sweetest. She's mad now because I didn't let her come down here. She, she pouts. But she, uh, you know – I'll go to bed, and first thing you know, here she come. She sleeps with me, and it's just uh, it's like having a, a real, real, real close friend. I just that's the one person I can talk to, not gonna live back. <laughs> <laughs> she she got in the, she got in the truck yesterday and, and and laid in the front seat and slept all day. So when I parked the truck this morning, I left the door open. She's climbed up in there, slept most morning. <laughs> she got she's got more sense than half the folks I know. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Coach. Everybody needs a dog. If you're not a dog person, you need to learn how to be one, because they they will release a lot of your pressures. It is true. She she loves me to death, and I love her to death. And something happened to her. Good gracious, Coach. I know from personal experience that you're very humble by nature. But um, what are some of your career or other accomplishments that make you proud or give you the most satisfaction? <laughs> I don't know. I I just think. Um, I've been I've been in a bunch of schools. And I've never had a problem in the schools. It's all about people. What you do with people. How you treat people. Uh, you know, you don't have to raise a lot of canes to have people. 
And I'm not about going up and loving people, but I'm talking about a new guy comes in, he gets shy, stand over the corner, go over and talk to him. First thing you know, you have him out the corner. Then you have him going down the hall for you. And think, you got you to gotta interact loyally to them and truthfully. Finally, Coach, can you put into words how Campbell and this Bowie's Creek community have impacted your life? I wouldn't probably wouldn't even be here. I mean, what would I be doing, driving a truck for somebody or something like The basketball camp, if I had never come to basketball camp and seen this place, I, I don't know that I'd have a college education. I'm Stan Cole, and our guest today on Tales from the Creek has been Coach Jerry Smith. Thank you, Coach, for sharing your tales from the creek. You certainly will.